previously on Hop Heroes. Yeah, uh, today we are talking House and Powers of X, the new uh, X-Men story arc, and we are drinking uh, Celebration IPA from Sierra Nevada. JR and I will be drinking. Zach is um, amidst his lumberjack cleanse. Uh, so more power <laughs> to you on that, big dog. Uh, it's exactly what I thought. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> Hoppy water. So, yeah. So you love it. It's like, it's like someone... cereal. Exactly. They just put like a bathtub <laughs> full of hops and put water in there and let it set over the weekend. Sounds like the sounds like it's not swear. it's not the, the greatest ever in the world. <laughs> it's not the greatest ever in the world, but it's an easy drinkable beer and it's good and it has a holiday theme to it. They want to be recognized as a sovereign nation. Yes. And they also want mutants all around the world to have diplomatic immunity and then be transferred to Krakoa. And, I, I, I would like to interrupt this program <laughs> for ahead. one second to ask Jordan one question I've been waiting all <laughs> month to ask. Where is Gambit, my guy? You know, I don't think you guys are going to survive this. And then Cyclops is like, well, does it have to be done? And then uh, uh, Professor X is like, yes, it does. And then he's like, well, then it'll be done. And then he just, like, it's like, oh, it's so bad. And Zach sent that panel to all of us, like, three yeah. different times. <laughs> On Krakoa, he finds a way to literally resurrect mutants from death. And in doing so, he saves the strike team, who he sent out to destroy Sentinels while they were in early, early development. They got sent there. They kill the Sentinels, but they die in the process. And then Professor X resurrects them on Krakoa in, in time. That's that's literally where we're at right now. Yes. So and so yeah, so now everything's kind of settled and they're they're not peaceful, I mean almost, and they're creating this council of uh like their new government of yep. Krakoa. And their uh first call of action was what to do with Sabretooth. Because he had broken mankind's law, but now they're judging and he's the first one up for judgment. And I thought that the choices for the council or the board of directors or whatever was very interesting because they have Xavier, Magneto, um, they have Apocalypse. Uh, they have fucking Nightcrawler on there, which was bizarre. I feel you know like Nightcrawler is like a spiritual leader. Yeah, he's like the shaman, or like he has yeah. like the. He's the only yeah. one that has any type of like religious or theological like expertise, and so I kind of felt like that was the role he was playing. He's kind of like the priest or whatever. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're broken up into sense. like uh, um, like uh, seasons, right? That's how they're broken up into type and season. So they break that up. And I, Nightcrawler is what season? <laughs> Was he like autumn or something? Isn't that how they do it? So I'm looking. Yes, up. yes, yes. Okay, 
Uh, oh, the Quiet Council of Krakoa, the 12-person ruling council of Krakoa that decides how the mutant nation handles external conflicts and the eternal laws of the island itself. There are some debate as to whether this council will continue in, uh, I can't read that, proprietary uh, of some other systems or government or replace it. And it goes, Professor X, number one, Magneto, number two, the Autumn. And then it kind of gives you some other gaps in there, but this is where... Uh, Professor Xavier goes around the world of all mutants and tells them, hey, we're doing this. Either be a part of it or stay away, right? He kind of becomes like a hologram and yeah. tells everybody those things. And he actually well, goes— Well, before, before we branch off of the council, I just had a question for Zach. Why wasn't Cyclops on this council, bro? Bro, I, I, knew, I knew that I was going to get this question, and so I've come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I am calling Cyclops— the God King of War. There's a reason, and here's why. War is a pretty big uh, Cyclops. I think that the head of war would be. Cyclops is not on the council. You're correct, which is odd because he's such a leader. But what position does Cyclops have? Let's look at it. He is the captain of the Great Captains, right? So, let me read what the Great Captains are in Krakoa. While the Quiet Council is the recognized ruling authority on Krakoa. When there is a state-related excursion or in times of conflict or war, the great captains of Krakoa assume the responsibility of defending the state. In the field, a captain has total control. Among the captains, the captain commander is considered first among equals. He is the captain commander of the great captains. Now, so basically he's like the general of all the armies. Now, but there is in this doctrine a, a written down kind of rule that states if Krakoa is in a state of war the commanders take control then who takes control of the commanders Cyclops does dude so he oh would literally God. run Krakoa it's 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 the story of Julius Caesar bro Julius Caesar's the general of the Roman armies and then what happens they're in war. Julius Caesar creates a, a essentially a panic, and he says, "Listen, guys, I know that we have a de democracy and a council, but because we're in war, I need to just rule the country for a little bit while we figure this out." And then he never lets go of power. He he becomes the god king of war. Cyclops is literally <laughs> the god king of war. He is Julius Caesar of the X Men. Because if they're ever at war, who's in charge? Is Fucking that, Cyclops. Is that, is that bro. a good thing? Gambit's, <laughs> Gambit's not even in the story. Are you <laughs> Cyclops is the god king of war? Let's Are you go. saying that Krakoa consistently lives in in like the state of martial law? Like it... I'm saying that I'm saying that there is in their in their doctrine a martial law kind of failsafe written in in which Whatever war Cyclops happens. would take control of the rest of the of the of the entire state. Is in this my doctrine wrong? is this am doctrine scribed by Zach Barlow or is this an official document that you've seen jr like, confirm where, confirm or deny i read it straight from the book i did not just make this up <laughs> written by jonathan hickman the god so he's julius caesar dude yeah cyclops right. the god king of war you heard it here first well in the in the sequel soon to come uh there's gonna be a gladiator that rises in this martial law state and his name is gonna be remy lebeau He's going <laughs> to yeah. fuck Caesar's wife and then take over the land. <laughs> Back to you, JR. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, no, that's getting... the, okay. I love that response, dude. You came prepared. You fucking dude. did you do research for the doctrine of what Cyclops' position was? Bro, no, it's in the book. I just I read it and I was like, oh no fucking way. And then I was like, because I my first thing was, oh Cyclops isn't in the council. What the fuck? And then I read that, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, let me go too. ahead and make notes on that when Jordan asked me, why isn't Cyclops in the council? So yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't sound like that. I came ready. I well played. Uh, well played. All right. Uh, so anyway, we're, we're getting towards the end here. Um, the council is starting to is developed. The leaders are developed. Uh, we saw what the what Professor Xavier uh, has done with the information from Mora and preparing himself and the team to to overcome. Um, and we're starting to kind of see what the outcome's going to be you know they want to avoid this future with nimrod taking over they want to um avoid this um this uh you know humans versus x-men sentinels um but all the while the story with the phalanx or phalanx where this above being is starting to take over is starting to kind of creep into the storylines um and that that plays a bigger role at the end so i I just wanted to mention that because that that's kind of a a a big reveal that we're going to probably do it's probably gonna be a really big spoiler yeah so. yeah spoiler spoilers to come the phalanx kind of threw me off i was just really trying to understand what they were and i don't think you're really f- supposed to fully understand what they are they're kind of like an, a superior being that absorbs your energy of your planet and your and all your consciousness and you become them but at the same time you're no longer exist but you exist yes. forever you become like it's assimilated, right? You've oh, we've been. Is it kind of like is it kind of like the um, Tokyo Ghost, like your uploads of the cloud? That's how basically... I thought of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you, okay. they, you get digitized essentially. And, but you have okay. to be chosen. Like you have to be worthy. If you're not worthy, then they just kill you, and then you don't even become nothing. Like it's called yeah. ascension. So basically, they they're they're calling themselves the ultimate. And Hickman kind of describes how there's different levels of everything. And he actually gives a list of everything, you know, the Felix, the Stronghold, and then the Dominion. And I think there's something that's going into the Dawn of X because all of this stuff that's going on is the future X-Men stories, which is the Dawn of X, you know, coming up. And everything that they're fighting for is starting to be revealed. Um, but like I said, now that the council has been decided, uh, they've they've decided that Sabretooth is – they're going to judge Sabretooth. That's who they they get to judge them. They get to, and to judge him. They do. Let's and just they, say that they get rid of him, which is a very intense scene. Um, and he, <laughs> they, it's like he's crying yeah, they, the whole time too. Like, well, he was like, "I'm gonna kill all you guys," blah blah blah, and they all mutually agree to basically exterminate him. But they don't murder him. They trap him in the depths of Krakoa for however long they decide. They say <laughs> they don't even give a timeline. Like, maybe we'll revisit this, but for now. Just open up the hole of hell, basically, and it like it cracks open. He falls into this pit, and he's just there forever. Right, exile. Yeah, exile. exile. Exactly. That's that's bar line worse. I mean, he's gonna yeah. right. go mad down there. And and, <laughs> and what they do is kind of come up with these three rules: um, make more mutants, murder no man, and respect the sacred land. And that's basically those are the only laws of Krakoa. Yeah, and. They want them to, you know, I think there's there's a lot that goes into that, particularly murder no man, because they don't want to be seen as a villain. They don't want to be seen that humans, but ultimately it doesn't matter. But they, they at least don't want them to be the cause of that fear. Um, but that's, you know, 
too yeah. bad. Yeah, and they're, I, like the and way they're also trying is... to avoid a, a timeline that they know doesn't work. Like there was a timeline in which they decided, all right, let's just murk all the humans and then be the rulers of this world. But then right. what happens? The Avengers fight them and the Avengers right. kill them. And and right. so that's you know, so they know that doesn't work. So they have to strike a balance between, you know, being a a sovereign nation and being kind of uh, uh, a dominant force in the world and not you know just killing humans for no reason and so i think i feel like that's the the balance they're trying to strike by saying murder no man right yeah that's a good point yeah it's just uh it's counterproductive yeah um yeah so that's i mean is there anything else you want to close out on the story that's pretty much the so i think we should i think we should give the big reveal towards the end um on what why the dawn of x is starting off this way um why this is kind of a launching pad for the new um new you know new storylines to come out um and it's and it starts and it it begins with mora and it ends with mora and kind of the timelines and what she finds out um and ultimately ultimately uh there is no they don't win ever there is no timeline where x-men win they fail every single time and yeah professor xavier and magneto and the basically the the, the main people know this but are keeping it a secret from everybody else so mm-hmm. the celebrations um the the whole i the, the the new ideas that they came up with respawning all that stuff means nothing because in the end they're still going to be dominated by a, a, another group of people regardless if it's humans or robots or they become extinct and i think that's the big spoiler alert for the story because that that launches you into the next phase of X-Men. Yeah. And, and, and I also quickly want to touch on the 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 Phalanx kind of scene yes. towards the end. Um, so the, the Phalanx scene is another timeline in which Moira lives. And I'm not entirely sure where it sits, except I know that it's, you know, far, far, far in the future. Way, way, way far in advance, like a thousand million years in the future. And in that timeline humans have kind of ascended they, they've learned to like use science to make them you know better beings and and you know competitive with mutants honestly that's that's why the that one character that we haven't really touched on at all the librarian he's an ascended human he's he's a mm-hmm. scientifically modified human and humans kind of live this entire rule this world um and the phalanx is getting ready to you know digitize that that world and um you have a scene similar to one that w- that we've discussed uh, previously, in which Wolverine and Moira are there, and and you know Wolverine uh, ends up killing the librarian and then killing Moira, and Moira kind of takes that that knowledge back. Do you guys remember this scene? Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. the only two remaining from the. Exactly. They're like pets. They're like zoo animals. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. in the they, they, the Krakoa becomes in such, instead of like a, an Eden, it becomes a cage. Like a yeah, case. yeah, yeah. So, um, and, but but in 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 current times, Professor X and, and Magneto are convinced that you know it's not going to happen this time. But we kind of see that that it, they lose again. Well, that's her sixth life, actually. That's her sixth timeline, and there was kind mm-hmm. of a gap through the story in her timelines, like what happens in her sixth, because there's no explanation at all. Mm. There is none. So this is the explanation of her sixth life. And basically it's the one where she finds out there is all of her lives. There is no winning outcome for the X-Men. 
And so mm-hmm. that's what she goes. Wolverine kills her and sends her back to tell. And that's oh, and that's the, the beginning. Of, yes, and that's, that's where the when lie she goes comes back up. to Xavier. Yep. And so and okay. Professor Xavier knows that there is no winning outcome, but of course it's him with his hope, and Mag- and Magneto with his with his yeah. violence. And so he legitimately t- believes that this Krakoa, Krakoa timeline is is the one is the one winning outcome. What they're they're hoping, but they're yeah. they're well, he's buying he, time. Yeah, I, I feel like they time, know, but they're that, buying time. What yeah. I took away from it was it was life, and it's 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 just the 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 story of death. Like, there's no outcome where we win. Like, we're not going to overcome. We're not going to prevail. But this Krakoan idea is the best possible temporary solution while we live our lives. Try to or like, try to figure it out. Yeah, or I mean, obviously th- that's the goal. But yeah. ultimately. What we're doing right now is not as great as what we could be doing, but even no matter what the final punctuation is on the end of the sentence, this is going to be the best story that we can tell. Yep. And that's kind of the route that they went. So when you say that this will launch the Dawn of X, are you saying the Dawn of X is going to be post uh, their destruction or like Krakoa, the life there is going to be like the whole new storyline like what they build and what they create there this is the whole new way of the the direction of x-men like i've actually read x-men number one and it's literally cyclops eating dinner with his family it's Jean gray his dad his brothers um and it literally sounds is miserable they're on the blue side they're on the the moon and sounds like a good uh, time <laughs> they it's basically just uh, it's going to be another tragic story for sure, you know, where they're going to have to fight for survival. But um, it's basically, yeah, the platform of this is the direction X-Men's going in. And this was them figuring out how to get there. So this was all pre to figure out the next step. Who are they going to fight next? And they're thinking it's probably going to be like the Dominions or some kind of celestial being that wants to take the mutants out because they're scared of them. Something like that. Mm. Fuck. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Well, that- I hope this one makes it to theaters because, like we were saying with that strike team scene, like th- there's a lot of epic storylines they can create with this. Yeah. And if this is the new, the new film arc they go with, it's gonna be fucking good. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's our story time. That's that's what the house and the powers, the house of X and the powers of ten, kind of in. Uh, and and do you want to give the order that you should read them in, Jr? I mean, I guess it actually tells you. Yeah, you can books. see it if you get the first the first book, it'll tell you exactly the yeah, order. Yeah, and maybe we'll get Vinny to post it or something on this. Yeah, they yeah. they do alternate. It's kind of funky. It's 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 interesting how they how they released. But uh, yeah, if you read them all, like the correct way, it all makes sense. Um, so that takes us to our next state, our segment. Um, Beneath the Ink, Zach, what do you got for us this week? So I thought that it was interesting that the X-Men were um, kind of always constantly threatened by this um, higher intelligence um, and uh, specifically either the Sentinels or Nimrod or the Phalanix and they all were uh, artificial intelligent, artificially intelligent kind of species. Um, but the one thing I realized or noticed is that the solution to um, their battle with this artificial intelligence uh, on Krakoa is essentially an artificial intelligent model. So um, artificial intelligence, like the, the the threat of it, the fear of it is that once something or once it, any machine becomes aware of itself, it can instantly become um, immortal because it can instantly copy itself. It can copy itself and, and because of the cloud, 
without getting too technical, because the cloud exists, once you, once it's aware, you can never get rid of it. Because it's there's the cloud exists all around the world, and it can just copy itself all over the world constantly, and, and you can never get rid of it. Um, and that becomes, like, obviously a threat for a lot of reasons. The X-Men's kind of um, solution to this through Krakoa is... a a very similar model. They, they go to Sinister, they get a database, right? They have Professor X use these genes as copies, and then when somebody dies, they just re-upload another X-Men through the Krakoan system with, with the five. And I just thought that that was like a real interesting kind of dynamic. And I wasn't sure if that was on purpose or not, but I felt like them using an artificial intelligent model to like buy time from an artificial intelligent enemy um, was just really interesting. And I think that there's like a ton of artificial intelligence, you know, enemies in society and culture. Um, you got Skynet from Terminator. Um, that's a big one. Um, and just a ton more. But I don't know. I just thought that was a an what was the Space thing. Odyssey? Was his name Hank? Or 2001 Hank. Space Odyssey? Yeah. Sorry, I think it's Tron. Hank something. Tron's another one. Yeah, Tron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that is really. Fr- I didn't. I didn't think of it like AI, but we are basically just using bodies as shells and replacing the consciousness and re-uploading over and, over again and re-uploading. So it's basically like the 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 whole life aspect of it is out the window, and it's just uh, <laughs> basically creating a cloud. That, yep. that is crazy. I yeah. didn't think about that. Mind blown. So, um, do you think that that's the right? the right path to take to battle it. If you had to take out AI, use AI against itself. Um, you're professor X right now. No, you're, you're, you're the God of war right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it successfully buys time. I, I, but I also think that, um, I wonder if somehow they themselves don't become the phalanx. Like, I, I, I wonder if, because, like, what happens when you do that is that you, you create a, a repository of consciousness. And as, as um, mutants continue to be, because, like, their first law is create more mutants. So with creating more mutants, so, so does grow their database. So does grow their backup of consciousness. And with the, a single um, kind of point source of so many backs up of consciousness, I wonder if... Um, it gets to a point where it can overwhelm Professor Xavier, and then he just starts to be like, you know what, the earthly world isn't isn't worth it because we always lose. But somewhere where we won't lose is digitally in this cerebro, in this repository, in where these consciousness lives is actually the paradise. The real physical world is not. We always lose here. So let me just start taking more, taking more, digitizing, digitizing, and then he himself somehow becomes some phalanx. So I I, I guess what I'm saying is that I I, like fe- that. I feel like um, when you try to like recreate an AI. Um, you yourself can become an AI. Like you can become the enemy in which you fight. I that's very interesting. I love I love that concept. I I guess I'm a little confused on the first law. Like create more mutants is the first law, but you're on an island. Like the resources are there, but are they unlimited? Like I don't know. I feel like population shouldn't be your number one goal. Like survival and population they can coincide, but they're not necessarily a, a mutual benefactor of each other, you know? Yeah. But like, I also think it, that they've lost a ton of mutants along the way. So I feel like their numbers are pretty down 
And so I think that, you know, if you're trying to become a nation state, one of the first things that you want to, you'd want to do is, is fill, fill out your numbers. You know what I mean? Like that, that legitimizes everything. And if you're down in numbers, then it makes sense that your first law would be, you know, bring people over. It's like, if you think about the United States in, in, in historical context, when people first came over here and decided like, we're going to, and we want our independence. One of the first things we did is we started advertising to all other countries in the world. Like, Hey, there's so many resources here. There's gold over here and there's fields. You can come and, you know, tow and farm and you know the american dream like we sold the american dream to the rest of the world and in doing so what we did is we opened our doors because we wanted people to come because we needed people that's what a nation state needs so when you're first establishing a nation it makes sense that they would say hey like we're trying to make more mutants because that's what you know establishes a nation at a certain point, you want to, then you try to shut the doors. Then you try to shut, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then little, once uh, you get established, you try to shut, try to shut the doors, and then things get weird. But I feel like at at this point in time in their history, they're not even thinking about that. They're they're just trying to they're just trying to fill out their numbers. I guess it just seems a little short sighted for people that have literally seen the future. You know, uh, but maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a strength. Maybe that's they know that they need to do that. I guess you're right. Uh, it would also be cool to see all the different kind of mutant powers they could create because like that's the one thing with like mutants re- reproducing mutants is kind of like rolling the dice and like what kind of power do i get it's like rolling a character in in D. you never know what you're gonna have <laughs> yeah dude that's cool all right all right well that's a very very awesome concept let's let's uh let's go around for crafter trash so uh zach how about you start us off you know where, where did this story arc land for you it's good it's really fucking good it's pretty confusing at first like i had to like spend some time i read it and then i had to kind of reread it and then i had to you know do some research onto it to understand to get see what other people were saying about it it definitely wasn't um something that i just read one time and it was just like all right i got it there's like so many moving pieces and there's so many different timelines and and then there's also things that you notice a second read through that you didn't notice a first read through that like kind of helps you solidify an understanding of it. Um, so, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. Um, it's just, yeah. it, it's just, there's a lot going on. So, um, but I, I loved it. I mean, there's scenes that I didn't forget. Um, Cyclops is a fucking savage. Um, <laughs> and yeah, man, I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a amazing and i would love to i don't think they'd be able to do it in theaters like the entire thing because i just feel like there's so much time travel there's so many different timelines like it can get really confusing um but there's certain scenes like the one that we touched on with the strike force it's basically just like saving private ryan but with fucking x-men it's just like (laughs) would you say it could be a disney plus series dude yeah Anything could be a Disney Plus series at this point. I'm, I, I, I'm, I love Disney Plus. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. I give it a nine. It's it's good. It's it's okay. cracked. There we go. All right, Jr. Um, yeah, is this? I kind of the same as Zach. You know, I had I read it twice. Um, I listened to other people read it. So you know, I got I got a run through about three times to kind of get more and more. And the more and more you dig, the more and more you got to dig more to get more answers i mean the professor x and the uh phantom x body swap that was something that came out of nowhere you know and i love Mm -hmm. phantom x in the x-force there's a series runs where rick remeter writes and he's in x-force and um so that that just those things alone and then kind of this 
this way that Jonathan Hickman writes, I've always loved the way he's written stuff. I mean, I've got almost everything except for the ultimate Fantastic Four stuff that he's written in the last five, six years. And you get drawn into this massive story. And it's almost like you're you're watching a movie. You know, I think you have to be a certain kind of artist to 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 draw for Jonathan Hickman because of how elaborate and how um, the imagery he put portrays out there. So it's it's kind of a big deal. And so um, I'm with Zach. I'm going to give it a, a nine because it's just top notch. You know, it's top notch. Right. Top notch. Yeah. Top notch. Um, yeah. Very good. Yeah. I, I thought that it was uh, it was very, I guess, I haven't read a ton of X-Men. The only real X-Men I've wrote, read through and through was Age of Apocalypse. And uh, that was awesome. But I, I just I didn't know what to expect with this. I know that Vinny was reading it and he was uh, pushing it and he had, you know bought the whole flower and like was growing the plant and everything. And I was like, what, what does that have to do with anything? And then you read it and you realize oh it's Krakoa and everything. So this this was just so unique, and it was such a relevant story arc. I feel like because with current you know society uh, struggle that we're facing with you know climate change and like what's the plan for the future and how how long does the future give us and it, it has like there's a, a finite idea behind you know life now and there's a finite idea behind this and it, it and like how do you cope with that and, and and what's your solution and and i thought that that really brought some really strong political and and really like this life uh, in-depth thought process to me and i thought it was just really cool not what i expected um i i thought that the characters were strong um obviously they left out my boy so that's a, a point docked <laughs> right there um and the uh the action was limited. That was one thing that I, I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, there was a strike force whole scene, which was a great, great part. But other than that, it was a lot of discussion, debate, th- like theorizing, a lot of politics. And while that is very interesting and groundbreaking and, and unique, um, not always what I'm looking for from a comic. But at the same time, I, I read this, like I read 90% of this in one day, in one sitting. Just through and through, and I, ne- and I never got bored. I never got bored. I, I thought it, I just I was so into it the whole wow. time. Like it was it was a really good good read. So I gave it an eight. Um, I felt like it could have used a little bit more action, um, and it didn't really have a finale. But it's not the end, so it's that's not. fair. Yeah, there's more to come. More um, to come. I I guess I was just hoping for a little bit more on the action side, but the the politics, the uh, the structure, the the building a whole new universe, a whole new world. I didn't even know that he connected it to other story arcs before before this, which is awesome. So yeah, I gave it an eight. So that that rounds us up to an eight point seven, which is a strong craft. Um, that's a very a very good recommend to read. Um, and it sounds like this is the future of X Men um, for those out there that have any you know fandom towards the group. So I would definitely say if you want to know what's going to happen, and it's very cool to get in at a point where you can be there from the beginning, which is mm. now. So get in now. Don't don't wait because if you don't get in now, you're gonna be lost and you never get in. And it's really really exciting. I've never had this in my life before until I started to do this podcast, where you're in an arc while it's happening and being a part of the world while they enjoy it for the very first time. It's very very exciting. So get in on this eight point seven, and that's that's might be a little shy of what it actually deserves. So great great fucking story. Money, straight cash, homie. Straight All right. cash. All right, all right. So uh, that heads us into into plugs. Uh, 
Anybody got anything they want to plug today? Zach, you got anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I, I want to shout out uh, Hop Heroes. We uh, we uh, work hard. We love you guys, and uh, you know, just keep keep rocking with us. Keep tweeting at us. Hashtag Hop Heroes Podcast, and um, yeah, just didn't fucking love you guys. <laughs> Jr. <laughs> uh, not much. I mean, I, I'm gonna plug your local comic book stores because I think this was this was a, actually the first time we read something that was not actually a trade or a combined book. Uh, we actually read this as close as we could to a release as possible, right? Like this is the, mm-hmm. the newest book. So being able to buy all the comics and uh, read it and then, you know, put it out there. So I think your local public stores, obviously Action City's my local comic book store. Um, and we're able to do that. We're able to do this because of them, right? So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Support your local comic book store 100%. Uh, and shout out to RS Figures. Um, if you go to their website and you want to purchase any item, put in the secret code HOPHEROES and you'll get free shipping on any purchase, $50 or more. Um, they got a ton of dope items to check out. And yeah, as always, just follow us at HOPHEROESPOD, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow us on Facebook, YouTube. And uh, anything you want to tweet at us, just do the hashtag HOPHEROESPODCAST and we'll respond right away. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and we are very excited for the upcoming shows. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. There you are. Peace. Peace.